0: Hello, Heron. I have a variety of topics in front of me. Do you have any topics you want to kick off with? Yeah, it was sort of, you know, I went up and picked up my artwork Ooh.
1: From, from the gallery. Mm-hmm. They finally got some good prints. Mm. <laughs> <You know. laughs> Unfortunately, nobody but me saw them. Uh. Uh, but they they look pretty good, and they're all now in their tubes with mm-hmm. mailing labels on them, ready to go to the post office on Monday morning. Mm. And I will send them out to the people that sponsored them. Very good. And um, well, it's just been sort of an interesting experience, you know. I was, I didn't, I mean, mainly it was an experiment just to see what kind of response it got, you know. And I never got to really test it, <laughs> you mm. know, because nobody really saw. I mean, uh, for the opening, the prints were just awful. You know, yeah. I mean, the colors were just off. It was, yeah. Everything was wrong, so nobody actually saw uh, the what they should look like. And after the second week, I went up, and out of the seven, four of them had flaws in it. The print heads weren't working right. Oh, they didn't align the print heads. Well, they they weren't. Well, I don't know exactly yeah. what it was, but anyway, you could see banding in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was subtle, but but yeah. Uh, yeah. Un- unacceptable. So uh, anyway. You know, and after the opening, not many people, I don't think, go there. It's not a hotbed of activity. I don't know, really. I I don't know much about the L.A. art scene. It's
0: in downtown L.A., though, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's 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 in a nice part of downtown, you know, being refurbished. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I don't know, but when I I go up there on Saturday mornings, because that's the only time I'm willing to put up with that drive and all the
0: bullshit that's – I'm surprised you're even willing to do it on a Saturday morning, but anyway. Aaron. Well, you know, it turns
1: out it's not that bad. Yeah. I mean, I, because I ended up doing it like five times.
0: Yeah.
1: And, um, you know, so I, I can do that again if I need to. But in any case, um, I got them all back now, and and they look good, and so it'll be good. At least I get to mail them out, and and I'm hoping people will send me some uh, photographs of their installations, yeah. uh, so I can see what they've done with them. So anyway, that that's. Uh, I'm sitting here looking at the mailing tubes and thinking how, <laughs> how nice they look. I
0: made nice labels for them, and, very
2: good.
0: you know, and they're all ready to go. Your quality control is a very interesting thing. The first CD that I printed for. Noble Ape, which was called Isle of the Apes, had a number of defects. Uh In fact, so many defects that I was able to get a refund for the portion that I returned to them. They were also in the process of going out of business at the time, and it took basically about, I don't know, maybe five months to resolve, at which time I was hanging on to, I think, 500 of these really badly printed CDs to the point where they... There was a description where the paint would flake off it. They had a special technical description, which meant that it couldn't be sold in a wide variety of relatively mainstream outlets. And, yeah, the whole thing was just reaffirmed (laughs) that I had to be very careful. And the the thing was that I used a company that had been recommended to me that was based in a completely different city. I was based in Canberra, and they were in Adelaide, which is about two and a bit days' drive away from Canberra. So my thought was, well, they came recommended, they were reasonably priced, which is always a yeah. big problem, and um yeah, I thought I'd go with them. And then the experience after the fact, in particular the fact that they stopped responding to telephone calls, it, <laughs> um, there was just yeah, a bunch uh, of defects in the oh, printing. Yeah. So yeah, I, I've been there too, Heron. I'm my,
1: very reluctant. To, well, I say I just. Uh, getting involved with humans just usually doesn't turn out well unless you're just really damn careful you you just have to be really careful you have to know who the fuck you're dealing with well now see now it's worked good i can work with this guy now Mm. uh uh, he knows he can't pull any shit on me and And he also knows yeah i mean he knows i know the difference yes and and um he fixed it yeah you know, so, and so he's comp, I mean, he, he was just being sloppy, I think. I don't think it's that he's incompetent necessarily. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'll, because anyway, these prints look pretty good. And, um, so, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I don't, I have no idea. I'm just glad that it's over. <laughs> yes. I might do it again, though. I mean, it encouraged me. It was just uh-huh. fun. I mean, and he'll do it got- again with you. Uh who knows <laughs> I don't know well, he seemed to be okay um yeah i, I well, he's making money on these deals I mean you know mm-hmm. he's charging you know four times what they cost uh to print stuff mm-hmm. i mean that's how it part of how he funds the gallery you know' Certainly. his business you know so um, yeah, I'm sure he under the you know a similar kind of deal, he'd take anybody's money and take mine too, but mm-hmm. if I could get people to sponsor him. Then uh, that's great, <laughs> you know, and I'll do it just because it's it'd be nice to. I, it was fun seeing them printed that large. Certainly, you know? I've never seen them that big before.
0: Yeah, but you could technically. I mean, my understanding is potentially some kinkos or these kind of places could. Be, no, no, it's got to, well. If they, it, 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 it's my stuff is basically
1: designed from the beginning around Epson inks and papers. certainly you can so, you
0: can hire those pieces of equipment though they're not. They don't, I don't
1: no, yeah, yeah, it's finding so well that's the nice thing about this guy is now I at least know one guy, yeah. one place I can just send him a file and he can print it, yeah, it'll be okay, so so that's good to know, but there's probably others and probably
0: you know it, yeah i mean when i wrote when time. I wrote software for the Epsom wide format printers. There were a number of clients within the area, and here I'm talking not just Manchester, but actually down to Southampton and a variety of areas in the UK, uh-huh. where they had these large format printers. One of the outfits that I went to had a kind of, well, somewhat mainstream, but also slightly sleazy DVD business where they used the Epsom printers to print out, you know, I don't know, 50 yeah. DVD cases that were then you know cut up and put into yeah. the sleeves right. so yeah I mean certainly I recall at least one proofing printer outfit nearby where I worked had one of these printers as well and my wife has what is it a 7500 format printer that she purchased I don't know three four years ago so it was quite expensive I can't recall how much it was exactly so but what, it was, how wide is hers uh I want to say 18 inches okay yeah so, you know, that is a limiting factor. Yep. But no, we had, we had large format ones that were, When I worked there, it was wonderful. I used to print huge posters. In fact, one of the, um, I sent a, a series of photos of some miniatures that I had painted to one of the local miniature publications in the UK and actually got it. Published based on the fact that I sent them, I don't know, a large format poster size. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So,
1: yeah it's yeah. compelling. It, yeah. It's
0: just, it's a, it's a, an amazing,
1: and especially for mine, because sure. I can print this stuff at 600 DPI. Yes. You know, and when you've got that big an image with that much detail, no matter where you're looking at it, you know, it's just your eyes just can just jump from one place to another in sharp focus. Yes. It's a really amazing technology. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just fun looking at them. <laughs> Although again, you know, I got to say I've been looking at this monitor again with my uh super reading glasses, the ones I use for looking at art, you know. Mm-hmm. And I can't. I can actually blow the screen up to like two hundred percent and still not see any pixels. Yes. Even with, uh, well, I mean, I can begin to. But I mean, I'm looking at, uh, you know, with extremely strong three point seven five uh, reading glasses. Yes. So my, I mean, nose is like uh, five inches in front of the monitor, and it is stunning. You know, it's uh, it really surprised me <laughs> how good it is. You know, I mean, it really is good enough. It's it's in some ways it's actually better than paper, even though that's going to it's got higher resolution. Uh, the color is just
0: so much better on the on the screen than it ever is on paper. <laughs> you know? There have been some speculation. It's been it's been a couple of weeks since we last talked. But there had been some speculation associated with what our audio in the psychedelic salon would do, and unpleasantly subscribed. Pleasantly subscribed. This is indicative of this (laughs) evening. Pleasantly subscribed. I know. I'm pleasantly (laughs) surprised. surprised. Yes. Yes. This is going to be indicative of this evening. Superfluous for the last couple
1: days.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but my head is in a different place tonight. But we'll we'll move through
1: that. Yeah, stunning comments, I uh, I was surprised. Of course, I, I immediately picked up on the negative ones,
0: you know. Oh, uh, so you actually went to the Psychedelic Salon page? Yeah. And looked at... Oh, yes. Yeah, sure. Look, yeah. my view is that those kind of people try to find the best possible vantage point to spew out their
1: nonsense. Oh, well, whatever. Yeah, I wasn't... Def- I mean, it's... Is- yeah. I mean, I understand, but, I mean, the whole idea that we didn't get into enough detail. Oh, my goodness. Appable. Yeah, look, the whole thing <laughs> so, is,
0: clearly yeah. they wanted the
1: answers and they didn't get yeah, the answers. That, that must be it. Ah, you're right. Yeah. That's right. We didn't provide the answers. Yes. Well, good. Maybe this will be, let this be a
0: lesson. Yes. <laughs> well, I, my perspective was, do I post or do I just let it be? And I came to the conclusion, that I just let it be. Um, I think I remarked
1: on something there. I don't remember Did what. Uh-huh. It was tr- sort of a trivial thing. It was a bookkeeping
0: thing, I think. Uh-huh. I don't remember, you know, yes, one thing Lorenzo didn't do was post the name of the book. And the thing yeah. that I liked about that was actually I was contacted through the week by a fellow <laughs> asking the name of the book. And I yeah. thought so much the better that the book wasn't posted because now I've got this interaction with this listener. Yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah. Anyone who would call and ask that Mm. question is someone we'd probably like to
0: talk to. Exactly. (laughs) No, I was, look, I was amazed actually at the level of response, but also the fact that people liked audio that was specifically tailored to the salon. Lorenzo has historically just taken talks from history and put them in the salon. Occasionally he's had more specifically tailored audio well, the, what is tailored to, I mean, is about how ours certainly wasn't, because this is the
1: psychedelic salon. We barely touched on that.
0: Well, you see, I think you need to listen to the back catalogue of the psychedelic salon, Heron, because okay. my perspective with the psychedelic salon is it's about the psychology rather than the pharmacology.
1: Oh, really? Oh,
0: okay. And oh. I actually think that what you... And you think through, the listeners think that's what it's about, too? Well, I mean, I'm sure there's a bunch of... I mean, look, if you look at the psychedelic salon Facebook group, you probably see only a small vignette of the potential listeners to the salon. And actually, what we saw in terms of people that got onto the Stone Ape Facebook group indicates that these are folk who are interested in in exploring some of the ideas that we raised, and they aren't typically represented through the... Vast uh, stream of self-promotion yeah. and other related stuff that goes <laughs> yeah. on on the psychedelic salon Facebook yeah. page. Yeah, so,
1: yeah I yeah. was really pleased with uh, the amount of response we got mm. and quality of it. You mm. know, it's just I've got, you know, like seven or eight new friends now. Yes. <laughs> well, but, I
0: think it's nice to get the thumbs up. for what. Yeah, sure it is. It's great. You know? I mean, we Especially get other fingers held don't. up to yeah. us frequently, but it's nice to get a thumb occasionally. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I see. I don't see how it. What? How we actually tailored anything to the psychedelic oh, well, salon? We where just did what of, we always. You see, do.
0: I've been a long-term listener to the salon. I think I've pretty well heard almost every single. Psychedelic salon oh, podcast. Oh. So I'm probably more sensitive uh-huh. to this than you. And I did kind of, I tried to wander okay. or meander through some salon savvy topics.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, it, 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 it worked. Well, I'm, like I say, I'm just very happy with, uh, the quality of the communications that I've received mm. f- from uh, people who listened to that. Yes, the world
0: is there to surprise us occasionally. Yeah, I love it. Let's do another one.
1: <laughs> well, I was thinking
0: about that. actually. I was thinking, you let's know, go.
1: Let's go incredibly in depth. Let's we'll spend the whole fucking hour on the word the. Yes. <laughs> and we'll address it particularly to that guy. Yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll dedicate it to him. Yes. Okay, Buster. <laughs>
0: So like I mean part of part of my enjoyment in producing it was to get direct feedback both from Lorenzo but also from Bruce Damer. And mm-hmm. I think what struck me through it and Lorenzo embodied this actually in the audio in terms of his bookends but in particular his part at the end. And I think he was sincere about it as well and certainly a number of salon listeners were receptive to that. Well what specific? the uh, notion that the voice in your head is not you. Oh yeah. And I think just yeah, that's got that a lot of legs on yeah. it,
2: I think. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, sowing that seed,
1: Yeah, if, if nothing oh, else was, yeah. 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 That's why I repeat shit over and over again. Because, yeah. I mean, if you really just, if one of these things just sticks and nags, mm.
0: you know, then uh, the, and it succeeded. So, I wanted to give a point of clar- clarification from our last recording. And this actually occurred to me while I was walking into the city listening to the recording soon after recording it. The reason, I think, that people who share my DNA but also know something about noble ape are particularly dense through 23 Me is actually remarkably simple. The notion that there is a noble ape gene is pretty extreme, but my <laughs> perspective with this, having thought about it in some dynamic yeah. fashion, yeah. is that if someone is likely to put their DNA into a public register as 23 Me is, ah, you're probably yeah. a vastly small subset of society, but ah, also yes, narrowly a, interested yeah, in yeah. the kinds of things that are yeah. also present in noblown. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That makes perfectly good yes. that's, that's good thinking, Tom. So I'll, I wanted to put yeah. that out there just yeah. in case there was someone else that got that, or more importantly, if there were listeners yeah. that hadn't got that, to actually resolve that sometimes in, even saying these things in this podcast yeah, I uh, reflect on them accordingly.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's a nice little insight too. That's yes. a good example of uh, overcoming assumptions. <laughs> you know, so
0: yeah. I have a wide variety of topics that I might actually do in slightly temporal order. And this, I mean, as, as as I get drunker and drunker, well, but also as they occurred in time, because I ah, think I might okay. be able to talk to them slightly better in this context. The first thing I wanted to discuss was Model Rail Radio 100. Ah, yes. Which exists in a variety of different forms, and certainly through correspondence with you, my understanding is that you were reviewing at least one, if not both, of the video streams through this process. Uh, yeah, I looked a couple Here of times, right and then yeah. I looked at your uh, time-lapse thing. <laughs> I figured I'd just get it all... Yeah, the time-lapse, that- I think, probably gives the best indication...
1: A number of things struck me. That was about quite me. a setup in the living oh, room. Oh my goodness! That's, that's
0: amazing. It's yeah. hard to really. The other thing that was is up
1: th- for how many hours?
0: Uh, about six hours. Oh, that's a lot of work, man. The thing, the thing about it was that they arrived in the morning. They constructed it, and it was impossible to actually document. It curled around from the entry hallway, from our kitchen, in fact. Yeah. Through the living room, did and then they have a layout to go front, or did they have to make that up on the spot? So what they did, I gave them a rough sketch of our living room and dining room, and they realised what the extensions were. Yeah. At the start, you may not notice this, but the start of the time lapse, you can actually see them put it together in a haphazard fashion, and then optimise it towards the final configuration. Yeah, the it. It was done so swiftly and so meticulously. And if there's one thing that I've taken away from Model Rail Radio 100, it's the idea that I do not need to micromanage a variety of things when it comes to these <laughs> events. Now, Especially I, about stuff you don't know anything
1: Yeah, you know, they do. Know,
0: <laughs> having <laughs> me standing there pointing and giving directions would have delayed that oh, process. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah.
1: Clearly. Well, you're, you've never done that before. Apparently, they've done this uh, repeatedly. Not in a residential house before. They've assembled it one No, but they've, they've assembled yeah. it, disassembled yeah. it, moved it, and set it up, yeah. and, and this is just another setup,
0: only it's a different one, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's great. My only concern, which didn't actually turn out to be a concern, was that it was impossible to enter the room from one (laughs) side and get to the other side. Like, it completely. Oh, you can just go under the. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It it perfectly bisected the space. And as you see in some of the turnings, there was still a large space for, you know, a group of men to congregate and put on clinics and things like that. It was interesting as well because we had a house guest who arrived on Wednesday evening. And left then late on Sunday. And the only caveat to this is if he'd left Sunday morning, it would have given me time to recover. The actual <laughs> recording process, I recorded with White. Why does your ability to recover depend upon a guest being there? Uh, because I have to entertain and maintain the guest. Oh, I nice. Okay, never mind. Yes. <laughs> so, that was, unfortunately, I wanted let's to. Let's just yeah. say you choose to. Well, let's just say certain guests require that kind of interaction. Mm. Other guests can be left alone. Uh, this I'm guest not going to say one of those. Anyway, yes. So, what struck me through the recording, and like I said, nine hours and six minutes of dead air removed audio. <laughs> so, probably in the order of maybe 10 hours or more recorded audio. Plus, yeah. I took about an hour and a half break. And then about 50 minutes break, maybe even 30 minutes break, and then roughly an hour break. So these were the divisions with the largest chunk occurring in the kind of morning, early afternoon period. It was surprisingly easy, and I was concerned for a number of things leading into it. I was concerned that I'd lose my voice. There were events, I think four or five events on the Friday. I ended up not attending one of the events and leaving one of the events early just to minimise my kind of rest state, voice, all these kind of things. The day before, uh, the Thursday, I'd been out with two of the guests who'd come from the East Coast, and we went looking for rail cars in Oakland, which was relatively you know, time-consuming, not particularly productive and took a bit of energy. But for the event itself, it was surprisingly... Because I guess I really wasn't concerned about a variety of things. I was less concerned about the technical issues. I'd allocated people accordingly. You know, the things were going on downstairs... There was one situation early on where everyone turned up at 10, even though I told people to kind of come at 10 if you want to, but preferably come at noon or later. And everyone turned up at 10 and a small group of them came with donuts because that was the joke. If you turn up at 10, come with donuts. So they turned up with donuts. No one came with with non-alcoholic drinks, which was difficult. So my wife had to go out and get soda and water and things like this, even though we had some water in the house, we didn't have enough water. So
1: the railroaders are a bunch of
0: alcoholics huh? well <laughs> free-loading alcoholics slash alcoholics slash yeah it was quite curious because certainly people came with food more than they came with drinks and that was a difficulty the other thing was was that part of the deal i mean it was like a potluck kind yeah, of it was supposed or? to be potluck but really yeah. i I probably should have put more organized and the, there was one yeah. comment that this should have been better organized yeah. and i think in yeah. the scheme of things well, I'll let that, that one at
1: 200, uh, yeah, it'll be a, different.
0: Yeah, it'll, it'll be catered at 200.
1: But no. Although 200, I think you gotta skip and just do it at 500. I
0: well, mean. you see, the thing is that a number of the folks who turned up for the on location show recording said, oh, you should do this every year. To which I kind of humoured them initially, and then my spiritual advice, and by the end of it, I was not humouring them anymore. The a <laughs> hundred is enough. Every I don't think so, no. Yes,
1: But, um, no, or I you think... you could say, what a great idea. What's your
0: address? Well, one of them offered to do that in Oregon. One <laughs> the Oregon guests say, well, why don't you do this? But I think, actually, it's probably better to just record regular shows until the next hundred is up.
1: Or um, whenever. You yeah. may never, you know...
0: Yeah. You did, well, it's an, it was actually... I mean, it was exhausting. It was relatively time-consuming. There were certain stressful points, but in general, philosophically... How many people showed up? Uh, I don't know exactly, because I was up here. I mean, I would estimate 40, maybe 50. And and okay, the hours of operation were what? Uh, well, people started showing up... Well, the people that set up the actual layout turned up at nine. A this is Saturday. Of- this is Saturday. Saturday morning. A day, good so number of people. O'clock. I mean, we had our, probably our majority before. I don't know, I came down at about one and had a sandwich, and there were a bunch of people still... Did you uh, know everybody there? No, actually, the interesting thing was probably, including the guys that were setting up the layout, I hadn't met. Uh, Probably a majority of the people... You never talked to, even, or exchanged Well, I exchanged emails, and I showed them what the... I mean, I said, these are our dimensions, but this all occurred literally in the two days prior to the event. Yeah. In fact, I was a little concerned because I hadn't heard from the <laughs> fellow. It just turns out he was born in Half Moon Bay. He's a laid back guy. The rest wrote itself. I did have the opportunity to interview him, actually, and he's a fascinating fellow, um, who, who built it. He's a youngish guy in his early thirties. Um, so, no, I think in general, I can say that, um, this, it taught me a lot, but it also reaffirmed the view that I really shouldn't worry about a lot of stuff. It should yeah. just happen, you know?
1: Yeah, and if it doesn't happen,
0: then it's like you don't push the river, you know? <laughs> you just go Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, certainly there are a few things that I would have liked to occur that didn't occur, but I was of the mindset a week before it that this was probably a good thing in the long term. Yeah. The number of callers we had, some of the content was a bit suspect. No one, I mean... What do you mean suspect? What, what, well, there was one guy who called in and just started interrupting people. He didn't really know what it was about. I was able to quieten him and then got off the call. Was uh, it like a sabotage thing? No, think, I think he I mean, was or just... I looked him up on idiot. Facebook. <laughs> I looked him up on Facebook afterwards and he was genuinely an idiot. Um, (laughs) and the other thing was that there as as I've narrated previously there are a couple of characters one in particular (laughs) who's relatively unrestrained (laughs) on the podcast and he came on and just wanted to riff like that for about 40 minutes and I kind of cut a bit of that down Uh, but in general I think it was very good I think also and did he
1: just talk for like 40 minutes without i mean
0: no i so mean he thinks he thinks he's funny which is of, uh-huh, he, he thinks something. he yeah. thinks he's funny which is one of these difficult things that you know you've got to kind of <laughs> joke with him and then just kind of ease out of that <laughs> as a topic <laughs> but <laughs> you know i mean i think in general there are a few things that people want to edit and i think when i'm when i'm fully recovered which i'm not currently then i will probably start going through i released it as three separate bits of audio i was originally going to release it as one solid block um but it's what four and a half hours, three hours, and whatever's left over you know i i'm sorry
1: i'm still stuck on an idea you brought up mm-hmm. that that i'm i realize that I have a fear of facing that, and that's dealing with real idiots yes, you know because it the only way I can see to deal
0: with it is just like simply saying, let you know
1: you're out goodbye (laughs) well
0: i was mindful of the fact that i probably was that i was going to actually post the live audio i'm relatively brisk with people in the recordings where i get to edit the recordings and i was relatively brisk with people in these recordings as as well but in a circumstance where someone is genuinely either unhinged or potentially mentally ill you've got to realize that these kind of individuals can bring this thing down very quickly yeah. And you've got to create a style where you answer their questions, you resolve that they, yes, they should be quiet now, and if they come up and start doing audio again, you've got to explain you should yeah, be Yeah, you need now. to have a meeting of uh, minds uh, with uh, them. Well, something, something like that. Anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 Or, yeah. You, I mean, another topic that I'm going to discuss this evening relates to something very similar, and I think I've tried, although the opportunities this week where I've actually behaved correctly in these circumstances has come around purely because i didn't hit send on an email quite swiftly enough and someone else (laughs) hit send in in the interim and the other thing is i've got to appreciate a variety of things have happened this week i'm genuinely sleep deprived i managed to kink my back a couple of days ago and haven't been sleeping although my back is feeling considerably better now but yeah today in particular was a combination of sleep deprivation not really eating anything and working (laughs) from home which had kind of cumulated to my current mental state. Um so yeah, I'm very mindful. Am I supposed to be gentle with you then? No, not at all. No, in fact this is what <laughs> interests me. I'm interested actually, because through recording Model Row Radio one hundred, I thought I would be more mentally tender than I actually was. I was quite surprised I mean the reason that I stopped at ten thirty or whenever we stopped, was because I had two in front of me two guys from the East Coast, one of whom had to fly home at five AM the following morning. And I just thought, and I asked him if he wanted to leave, and he said no, he was dedicated to staying to the end, and I thought this is kind of cruel and unusual punishment. I also had the somewhat exhausting audio person, not the guy who was interrupting, he was in the second segment, but in the third segment I had this exhausting audio kind of backwards and forwards, which it knocked a bit of wind out of my sails, but I was still perfectly capable of <laughs> confronting things. The next day, however, you know, I was woken early, there was some confusion associated with when we were going to go to breakfast, I still had two guys from out of town. We went to Netflix. I did the showing around at Netflix. But really, I could have slept for the afternoon and probably been slightly more chipper. But uh, as yeah. it was, that just didn't happen. Uh, yeah. got the guy at the airport after nine, got home, got to bed. And it was really Monday where it started to come back to haunt me that I really was exhausted <laughs> from this thing. I'd survived on adrenaline basically for four also days. physically, how is the house? Is it? Back to normal now No, well, I intentionally I purposefully made my podcasting room A particular way for Model Rail Radio Show 100 And after that was done I knew immediately Because I wanted to clean up a bunch of junk And throw away a bunch of chunk that I had to pull all this junk out and basically put it in the centre of the room, which is what I have currently, with the view I could then go through it, itemise it accordingly, and give myself just a little bit more space. Yeah. With the view that we've got a a bunch of people coming from late March through to when I go to Australia in in mid-May. So I'm kind of mindful that this is currently a time where we can start... But in, in terms of the downstairs, you know, everything is back to normal. It took me... I don't know, maybe an hour and a half with a garbage bag going around and finding where people had left plastic cups and water bottles and all the <laughs> usual stuff. So that was, was it, pretty what, well. Does anybody smoke in your house? No. No, you don't have... I mean, if no. they, do they go outside So my smoke? friend from Australia smoked. He smoked outside. No one smokes yeah. in the house. So yeah. it's comfortable. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was actually... I mean, I think I'll probably be recovered from it when we talk again next Friday. <laughs> and leading into this, I've kind of yeah. been cycling through work-related stuff, sleep deprivation and just survival, except for today where I was working, but, you know, the afternoon was just a write-off in a melee of kind of cognitive dissonance, a large portion <laughs> of which was based on my own doing. But, you know, there's always Monday for apologies in these circumstances. Um No, it. in summary... It made me realise that given a community of relatively like-minded folk that are sympathetic, there are no bomb throwers, you know, within a cool group, you can actually put something together like Model Rail Radio 100 quite comfortably and have a vast majority. I mean, even the naysayers through the event, I think, were just a little bit crotchety at particular times. And you are dealing with older gentlemen and this kind of stuff happens. So, in general, I've i been... you got crotchety... Listeners. Well, I mean, crotchety participants, of a variety of things. But yeah, thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, I can work through all these things in the short term. And I don't. I mean, I I have to make sure that these things don't stick to me emotionally. I've just got to move yeah. through. No, this no, kind of yeah, yeah.
1: They're just brain damaged yeah.
0: crotchety, crotchety. Yeah, language monkeys. Uh, language monkeys. Yeah. yeah. No? But uh, no, it was. Yeah, I I mean, in general, I think it gets a solid thumbs up. It is, as as someone who pointed out, who was a participant, it's one for the ages. It has been documented in many forms. Yeah, yeah. And and now it's just a matter of going on. The interesting thing is that the feedback that I've gotten from non-model rail folk, such as yourself, for example, but a number of other folk, has been overwhelmingly positive. Like, I think, basically, going into this thing... People looked at this. I wouldn't count mine as all that positive. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, in the spectrum of your general narrative associated with things that I've done, it's very positive. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, well, I didn't just think it was the
1: dumbest fucking idea I ever heard. Yeah,
0: and you certainly. I mean, look, fuck the cat it was nowhere near any of the, the model rail radio show one hundred you know, description. you be anyway. Moving on from older crotchety gentlemen. So the yeah. So the thing that came through all of this is. Even people that were potentially skeptical, and here I'm talking about it, co-workers in particular, yeah. were very impressed with the standard. Firstly, of the layout that was downstairs, yeah. the number of people that clearly came through, and also a sense that, you know, haphazardly, these things can actually be a success, and it probably is indicative of me doing something right, or at least not doing something terribly wrong.
1: Well, what what would you? How would you characterise the quality of the conversation among the people who were there? Well, we had to...
0: Highly technical, uh, and probably unlike Uh, conversations that they'd experienced previously. I mean, the beautiful thing with Model Rail Radio is through its format, it kind of self-selects a group... Yeah, yeah, yeah. ...that are going to be more interested in discussion, resolution, progression. Yeah, the technical stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah all that stuff. Yeah. yeah.
0: They're geeks. Well, yes. Yeah, but, okay. I mean, even amongst geeks, if you're familiar with Android versus iOS, you know, yeah. Apple versus Windows, yeah. even amongst geeks, there are oftentimes these irresolvable differences. And I think one of the things <laughs> that I found particularly compelling through Show 100 is the fact that these folk who came together with similar kinds of differences were able to communicate and you know, work some stuff out. I think in general it was very positive. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. So this is a long meandering topic that I've already tested out on my spiritual advisor for a variety of reasons, but I want to explore it here in Stone Ape. I have discussed a variety of ideas associated with privacy, and also we talked about the release of the nude celebrity photos (laughs) and the various uproars associated with that. Yeah,
1: I could never find the damn pictures out of my upper.
0: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so maybe two weeks ago, my spiritual advisor and I were d- decided to watch Netflix, and because we were looking for relatively short programming, we watched Law and Order: Special Victims Unit, uh, which may or may not have been on your. You know, radar priority or giving up of television. It's been on. It's been on television for about sixteen years now. Really it varies. I mean, I've watched it historically, kind of late night when I haven't been able to sleep. And you mean I mean, it's an ongoing night night
1: series uh, with yeah.
0: Yeah. Air, the same or any continuity for well, sixteen yes, years. Yes, similar, well, oh. the same characters in some cases for sixteen yeah. years, or at least the same oh. police officers. The story. This story was one of a woman who had been raped. In a theatrical setting, they have these open theatres in New York in particular where a group of people will turn up and in their wandering through an environment, typically a warehouse or something like that, they will encounter various areas and have encounters with various actors ah, That sometimes okay, are yeah. indistinguishable anyway so this woman yeah. was raped in the setting and everyone who was watching thought she it was, she was oh, okay oh, yeah. thought it was part of the show she and was actually, a, uh,
1: she she was yeah I got it yeah <laughs> she went in there paid to or did whatever no, she was going. an
0: actress actually she was an actress in the show oh she, oh, she was in the yes. show but she was raped and that yes. wasn't part of the show anyway a sideline <laughs> to this was that she had a fellow install cameras in her house in fact he was the fellow, and he wasn't the rapist, although it was alleged that he was through this, he was a kind of tech geek fellow who had installed security cameras and at the same time had basically filmed her in a variety of separate conditions, including, you know, various sexual encounters and other things. (laughs) This is an interesting idea because I think... Well, let let me continue along this line. So on, on YouTube, there are three kind of cannabis-centric folk that have been marketed to me through YouTube. One of these individuals is a fellow by the name of Token Daily, who, well, his name is Paul, and he's based in Colorado. He's in his early 30s, and the guy is just a complete loser. He's like a stoner, hippie loser that has a following of maybe 150,000 people. But so I what, find his why are they stuff, following him? Because on a daily basis he smokes weed and he rattles on about something. Oh, so he's he,
1: just got a YouTube thing. He's, he's just, just got a YouTube okay, thing. Okay, yeah. and he's got 150,000 yeah. people
0: who come and listen to yeah. him? Yeah. Really? The thing that irritates me about him is that he has this... What's his name? I'm going to check him out. To- that- well, it's actually Token... I'm going to give all the URLs, I should. Oh, okay. Token right. GLX, because he's also a car fan. So yeah. I think it's uh, it's... T o k i n g l x. Gendo could Gendo aspire to a people? Yeah, smoke a bit of your medicinal weed. have a rap session, put it up on a daily basis, and yeah, you could get people. Oh, he does swiftly. it daily. Yes, okay. that's so, the whole. Right. Okay, joke in his do you
1: think that's weekly is not enough? Yeah. Weekly is not enough.
0: It's got to be daily. what
1: about every other day?
0: Well, stoners forget you t- every t- other t- day. T- You've got to be every day. For well, no, I'm not t- much I'm yeah.
1: talking about stoners. I'm talking about anyone.
0: Though the thing that irritates me about this guy more than anything is that he has this on again off again girlfriend <laughs> who basically is just exploiting him so she can appear in one of his daily shows she's a i don't know ex <laughs> ex
2: i don't
0: know whatever you call them the glamour dancers but i don't know if she's technically a stripper i think she's one of these voyeur whatever people well, she's um, anyway. a, a worker yeah. in the sex industry. Well, of some I don't sort. know if she has sex with people. No, him. I don't. You know, well, no. I, you know, in, in yeah. S- yeah.
1: sexual yeah. titillation. Yeah.
0: Anyway, it's, it's I'm clear in the sexual that,
1: yeah. titillation yeah. business.
0: It's clear that she's in it for, you know, her certain She's not madly of, in love with her. No. Him. But he's madly in love with her. And when she <laughs> breaks up with him periodically, he has these heart to hearts with the camera where he just oh. basically abuses a variety of the listeners. Well what viewers <laughs> for calling him out about how paper thin this relationship is. It'd be interesting and how see, well, so the question now becomes
1: who the fuck are these listeners? Well that's where are it gets they all interesting. are they all like you and me and laughing at him and thinking this is fucking yeah. weird. Well, or yes, so they it. think he's got all the answers Well, made. this is
0: where it gets interesting because it seems to be somewhere in between. The the of this group and there are three of them. The fellow who I like, not because he's particularly obnoxious on YouTube, but because he is a multi-seasonal, multi-generation grower of cannabis who's actually given some remarkable insights when he's talked about cannabis cultivation. Yeah. And he goes by the name of Custom Grow 420. Now, he also has a love-hate relationship with his viewers because he started off with a number of these growing videos and then he pulled all his growing videos and he now does these almost... Well, it's almost pantomime ish. There's a there's a fellow on YouTube who filmed his three year old son watching his videos, getting very excited because he has all these kind of shtick things that he does. Uh, but I actually like his videos because, aside from everything, his videos are very information centric. He's interested in providing information about a specific topic. He does various you know bits and pieces around that, and that's a little bit you know. But uh, having you know, if you get over the fact that he's got this trite. Way of doing things, when you actually extract the information, it's considerably more informative than these other two schmucks. Yeah. The third person, who I've talked about previously, I think goes by the name Haley is Sore X or something like that. She's an 18 year old woman in Sacramento who is just like a little nymph like character, but her stuff is relatively incoherent. Anyway. On Sunday, I think it was, uh, the day after Model Rail Radio had basically finished and uh, the fellow was staying around and we went out for breakfast, I saw her on my YouTube feed and I'd only recently resubscribed to her. Similar to Token Daily, I'd basically gone bored with her stuff, but unfortunately Custom Grow 420, the, the the channel that I had been watching, had started pulling all his videos, which he does periodically. So, oh, well, I've got to watch something. I'll go back to Hayley, whatever, but I hadn't actually watched any of her videos. (laughs) Come Sunday morning was the announcement that she made that she had started doing porn. And this completely blew up on YouTube. (laughs) Because I guess this had been a known thing and there had been a group of YouTubers who were funnily enough stoners, but also found, and let's, let's be clear here. She's not doing, she described it as porn only because other people had described it to porn. She does the cam girl thing, where basically she takes off her clothes for money in front of a camera yeah, yeah, for you know. Yeah. And she had announced she'd gone public with this for a couple of reasons. The first one was that she'd been blackmailed. She can make a living, well, <laughs> for one she, reason. She is- she produced, although I'm not I wasn't I'm not you know on her Instagram apparently. She had posted her payment statement for the month of December. Yeah. She had made forty two thousand dollars in December doing this. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If you're if you're if you if you got what it takes, whatever that is, I guess, (laughs) you can do pretty well
0: at that. Yeah, well apparently so. And I look my perspective is more power to her. I mean if there are men. Actually, you know, I have a friend who does that. (laughs) Oh, interesting. Interesting.
1: Uh, we've we've always edited our conversations because she doesn't want anybody <laughs> no. to know. And I keep telling her, man, you got to come out." Yeah, no, you gotta I'm, come out. how yeah. can you live your life and not talk about
0: what you do? Certainly. You know? But the other thing, the other thing about Ailey is, it's perfectly clear from her videos, like her regular YouTube videos, yeah. that she's interested in drawing in particular demographics of men, and that's clearly like part of her persona. Apparently, she's been doing this for more than a year and be blackmailed by this crazed kind of, on one side, I mean, obviously they need to be on, you know, the cam sites to know that she's there. And on the other side, they're telling her that what she's doing is morally abhorrent. And on the other side, they're also weed smokers. Or at least, you know, watching weed smoking content. So clearly there's like a... People are telling
1: her it's morally abhorrent? Yes. Wow. That's astonishing. Morally abhorrent. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you can see it It may be unproductive in generating the kind of life you might want to live, but but morally abhorrent.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Anyway, she's worked out, as she says in this video, that um, the people that are doing this are typically from the ages of 15 to 21. That is also her primary demographic in terms of people who are paying her money through this cam thing. Well, how does she, wait?
1: A minute, uh, okay, I was assuming it'd probably be mostly old guys who have, who've got more money than than <laughs> you know. Well, apparently, I mean, she because those things are like quite expensive, I think, aren't they? They're, I mean, they're well, like s- several dollars a minute.
0: I don't. You know. I mean, in order for her to, i yeah. was doing the rough math. In yeah. order for her to smoke enough weed as she's smoking and <laughs> to do that, I mean, I, I, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. It also doesn't make any sense. I mean, my perspective is if someone earns that kind of money, although truth be told, for an extended period of time. But if someone earns that kind of money, their behavior changes relatively quickly, and she's still buying like the mid-budget weed. She's not buying the top shelf <laughs> weed yet. She doesn't have a wide <laughs> but, variety of strengths. No, she doesn't trust where, this yet. She's yeah. smart, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, you yeah. know.
1: Uh, yeah. yeah. Because who knows how long this will last? Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, One month, and, you know, next month may not be that good. Yeah.
0: Although now she's publicly announced that I'm sure a vast quantity of her YouTube fan base is also coughing over money on a periodic basis. At this point in time, my spiritual advisor asked, how do you know what she's doing? And I said, I found through a public search, actually, what she was doing specifically. Uh, It's very curious, actually. It's a variety of, like, robotically controlled things that, you know, go into her and a variety of really quite curious, almost kind of postmodern porn concepts. I'm but not anyway, quite sure I know what you're talking about. Well, there's a machine, basically, that looks like the male genitalia that is connected. Guess, to, no, 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 no. This is actually more robotic. It's uh, connected yeah, to oh, an I, extending yeah, what yeah. have you. Well, anyway,
1: use your imagin- yes. it doesn't take much imagination, yes. you know. Well, I- it
0: certainly surprised me. I mean, I wasn't aware that these things were anyway. So, well, if you listen, all you got to do is realize that in
1: the movies, they've made everything possible. Yes. And so that's what everybody expects now. (laughs) Very good. When you're talking about the
0: movies, you're talking about pornography as opposed to Hollywood. No, no, I'm talking, I'm,
1: i both. Okay. That's what I'm talking about is that, I mean, once you've seen Star Wars, you're prepared to accept anything.
0: I guess so. these are not the droids you want. And understand. not only
1: expect, you know, I mean, yeah, to expect anything, not just accept it. But so these two <laughs> ideas, kind of. I do want to add, though. Mm-hmm. I do think it's going to. It's it. There's a point beyond which it can't go. You know. Sn- well, they're already there. There's snuff stuff. Yeah. You know? So I mean, really,
0: it was snuff stuff. Thirty.
1: 40 there, yeah, years it's ago. always been there. Yeah. So so, but it it's it wasn't so easily available.
0: I don't it, know. As soon really as I got be- on the internet. Well, that's I wrote what, an article'm saying that's what changed in the mid nineties I wrote an article associated with the accessibility of pornography. I could find snuff porn very quickly. no, no I know that's yeah. but
1: that's what I'm talking about that's since the internet yeah. before that uh, you had to be you had to get involved personally mm uh To get involved with that shit, apparently, <laughs> and, so. and that I think scared off a lot of people. Yeah, to actually go to, down a dark alleyway yeah, and hand yeah. out some money, and, and or to it, go it, into yeah. one of those adult bookstores. Yes, you know, I mean, God, who the hell wants to go? But into apparently, one? people still have
0: that proclivity because they still exist. I, I'd tell you there aren't. I haven't seen one in a while. No, we had one in Campbell, where I lived in Campbell. <laughs> there was a. Cigar but- store and porn store right next to each other, and they were kind of the anomaly at the end of the oh, cross section. Yeah. Anyway, one I've seen around here, but
1: uh, it seems you've new got you to topless dance
0: more. clubs and stuff around you that I was able to find right. just driving. That well, you that's used. because we got Disneyland. You yeah, know. I guess so. It all goes with that. You need Disney after dark. Anyway, I wanted to I wanted to juxtapose these two ideas. dildos and what? No. On one side, this notion of privacy, particularly privacy associated with your body, and yeah. then on the other side, associated with, I guess, financially benefiting from ah. your body. Yeah, yes. And my perspective is particularly also because my soon to be uh, sister in law.
1: We're all horrors. Well, yes all yes. of us if yes. you sell if you sell your time the only thing that really counts is your time yes. if you sell your time to somebody to do shit that you wouldn't do if mm-hmm. they weren't paying you for it then you're a whore
0: yes <laughs> yes in any case uh, so it struck me and my like i said my soon to be sister in law posted a video associated with a woman who had historically had her photographs stolen i guess somehow maybe an ex-boyfriend, what have you, and then decided that the only response after three years of being heckled and called Lahore and having, you know, men pay for her photographs, uh, even as she tried to remove them from these sites that had them, was actually for her to start taking, you know, risque, I wouldn't call them pornographic, but risque, you know, topless photos and things like that of herself. Uh-huh. Uh, and then or actually doing it professionally. Yeah. And it is interesting that So I she think- was hot. Well, no, she wasn't. She was kind of mad. Well, Hot is interesting here. I mean, this is. This yeah, it is, depends on what yeah. subgroup you're appealing exactly. to. There are, yeah, apparently
1: yeah. guys who like
0: big, fat, huge,
1: monstrous, <laughs> you know, yeah. cushiony women, yes. you know, just love that shit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and there are, there are men that uh, like little
1: boy-like women and, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, and I, somewhere I just, in between. Just, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And there are,
0: there are men who like sheep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. Yes. And so, yeah, the interesting thing is just the human response. I, My perspective is, particularly because I film vast quantities of of my life, either passively or actively, is it's only a matter of time before we start living in a culture where having cameras omnipresent in our yeah. existence. And that then leads itself, obviously, to hacking and social barriers, but may potentially, yeah. somewhere in the future lead us to a point where we're perfectly comfortable associated with our naked selves being, you know, projected. I mean, when I think about Facebook, there's a certain element of voyeurism that I feel with Facebook anyway. I mean, there are a variety of people that I know on Facebook whose photo feeds are the only... I have a friend who I went to school with who goes on these elaborate holidays. And she posts the photos up on Facebook. Yeah. And I live vicariously yeah, through yeah. her ability, you know, to go to Morocco or, yeah. you know, Azerbaijan or all these kind of places. I can see through the photographs. And I'm appreciative that Facebook provides this kind of voyeuristic element uh, associated uh, allow, with it. Yeah, to yeah. allow people to share shit, you yeah.
1: know. That's not a bad idea. So yeah. the
0: question is how many how many generations or could this be within, you know, our lifetimes – before omnipresent cameras, omnipresent mm. sharing of, of information, yeah. of personal space. Yeah. But more importantly, what interests me about, about this Haley Sorex business is that she is really heavily profiting from this. And personally, I've been. Well, that's this. Co- yeah. That's well, the culture. she's
1: profiting from this. I, I- well. From the her, her she, nature she's side. taking advantage yes. of uh, of the way this society works. Exactly. <laughs> and I actually think
0: that's where a lot of the uh, angst and hatred and all the moral nonsense comes from. the people
1: from. that go to work every day. Yeah, the schmucks
0: yeah, and hate it. Yeah, I mean revenues. how how dare she have a job where she's profiting so greatly yeah. from yeah. you know
1: Yeah. From yeah. from the fact that I'm giving her half my paycheck.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So this was an idea that I wanted to put out to the yeah. Stone Age listenership, just because I thought it was fascinating the kind of juxtaposition of privacy, you know, yeah, whatever Haley's privacy, doing. Privacy, yeah, yeah,
1: you know, that's that's really interesting. I, I don't really care about that. I mean, just I, I don't really hide. My, I mean, my body, yes. Mm. I, i'm not comfortable i wouldn't be comfortable being naked yeah. at work <laughs> yes. you know that i i don't see that happening anytime real soon yes. <laughs> you know but aside from that what i really think about stuff and my reactions to things i don't much give a shit whether people observe that or not mm. yes like an audio fee well it'd be embarrassing <laughs> you know, if if I, if my internal voice could be somehow recorded, that, mm. would, be, that would be fucking appalling. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, I live in fear of truth serum as well. I mean, that's <laughs> basically the paradigm of, of what you're discussing. I mean, truth be told, coming into this recording... Well, I wouldn't call it truth serum at all. Well, not truth <laughs> serum. It's a representation it's, it's, of the inner narrative. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. But certainly yeah leading into this recording, particularly based on a mental state kind of day I've had, I started to wonder whether something would occur of this light. Thankfully I still seem to be relatively coherent. Another thing I did this week was I attended a talk given by Bruce Damer and David Damer. And I have not seen Bruce, although we've corresponded over on a few issues over the past probably six months. But I haven't seen Bruce for more than a year. I went to the talk, in fact, I had to take time, well, I didn't take time off work, I went to the talk at lunchtime and said to my work, I'm going to be a couple of hours out for this thing. The talk went long. It was quite fascinating, actually. I mean, to distill both what Bruce Damer and David Dimock talked about, it's this notion that in the pre-life Earth, there were a series of rock pools, and through evaporation and rehydration, the underlying elements of DNA were kind of laid out and and rehydrated, and basically a washing effect that went over millennia, potentially, but created RNA and then created DNA from yeah. this and then created life, which I actually found remarkably plausible and had a number of... There's know, a number of plausible yeah. theories out exactly. there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's certainly something that I was very mindful of, and the real question is... <laughs> so whether now we've got another plausible the re- <laughs> Well, they've been able to recreate certain elements of this. They've certainly been able to recreate the... Uh, Amino acids lining up and moving towards things that could be yeah. RNA. Yeah. And, you know, the rarest techniques. Yeah. I think that's going to get cracked at some point. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, yeah. I, my hope is within my lifetime. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I anticipate this is one of the few things yeah. that probably will yeah. be Yeah, yeah, next, again, I see lifetime. almost
1: everything happening within, within 50 years. Yes. You know? And maybe well within 50 years.
0: So I was running slightly late for a meeting at work and I made the decision that I would probably call in for the meeting at work and just hang around till the end at least so I could, you know, shake Bruce's hand. And he was heading out to Australia. He was literally leaving for the airport following the talk. And I saw Bruce's wife, Galen, who I'd never met Galen previously. She and I have corresponded periodically for probably the past 12 years. And I went up to her and her immediate response. And she was, a she's. I mean, I'm a big eight-like guy and she's tiny. She's probably, I don't know, four foot five if she's that, oh, shit. Uh, that is kind. anyway she, she so she was covered in scarves and things and she proceeded to pull all that stuff off herself and then give me a big hug which I thought was really quite overwhelmingly positive and we talked for a few <laughs> yeah, minutes sure as hell yeah. she oh, was like things. you're that Tom motherfucker <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah that was very interesting and she and I talked but I realized that Bruce had his usual I mean Bruce yeah. typically at the end of these talks is flanked by tens of people So, as I was, it was getting later and later, and I realized that one of the, one of the people who was waiting was Daniel Kotke, who was like employee number 12 at Apple. I'd met him a few times previously. He didn't, he didn't acknowledge me, and I didn't acknowledge him. We made eye contact a couple of times. And then, finally, at the end, after, you know, Daniel Kotke and everyone else had said hello to Bruce, it was just me, Bruce, and Gail, and I think Dave Diemer had, you know, one other person. And Bruce came up to me and shook hands, and he insisted that Galen take a photograph of the two of us together. Uh, and, you know, it was all very positive. I mean, out of the crew of people that had come to see Bruce, by sticking around to the end, I had an opportunity to shake his hand and say some things. I mean, Bruce and I have worked together for an extended period of time. We're not really working together currently. But, you know, it is nice to catch up with him, and it was a genuinely interesting talk. Through the talk, I was pondering how I'm going to frame... This uh, final conscious in the cloud, I've announced it actually as the final conscious in the cloud associated with what I'm calling uh, crime solving noble apes or something like crime fighting noble apes, which is the analysis of using noble ape as a means of analyzing, you know, these three California murder cases, but really more associated with can noble ape be used as a kind of critical analysis tool For a variety of matters of fact embedded in language and supposed events and all this other kinds of stuff.
1: And And how is that going? I mean, I think
0: it's going very positively. My feeling is with the stuff that I've generated so far, I'll certainly be able to actually understand. One would hope so. Um, anyway, part of this has been that I have announced this talk through the artificial announce mailing list and didn't get it posted. And through this, I thought there are two options that I have here. Either I can just let this happen. I remember historically this had happened, where I posted something to this mailing list and it hadn't gone through. Or I can actually, because I'm still nominally on the Artificial Life, International Society of Artificial Life board, I put it to them. Like, what do they think associated with this major Artificial Life announced mailing list not posting regular stuff? I went back through my email out of 15 posts since... Sorry, 15 posts. Out of five posts since 2012... They had only posted one of my things. And uh I thought, well, you know, this this seems a little uneasy. How much do I raise it? Do I really care? I'm kind of in the mood where I'm distancing myself from artificial life yeah. in some regard. Because it's just... Like, you find another Hayward. door. Exactly. That's all. This is another exactly. door. That group <laughs> of people. Yeah. 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 So I put it out <laughs> there and I was told... I was told initially, um <laughs> we don't really maintain that mailing list. But then Tim Taylor, who I had met and who does who has occasionally, I believe, listened to some stoneates I'm not sure if he's on the Facebook group, but he might be. Uh, piped up and said, uh, this mailing list is run by a guy called Titus Brown, who used to be at Michigan State University. There's a familiar theme here, uh, but is now at UC Davis, which is relatively close to me. Um, you know, I'll get in contact with him. He got in contact with Titus Brown. Titus Brown responded that there were two things he had concerns about associated with the post. The first thing was that he considered it was off-topic spam, And the second thing was that it was a regional event that wouldn't outreach to, you know, however many thousand people were on the mailing list. The notion that something associated with Noble Ape, which for folks listening in is a project that I've been working on for about 19 years, a majority of which time I've used the term artificial life to refer to it. It's also been published in, I think, half a dozen peer-reviewed artificial life publications. So, you know, it's got some academic credibility through it. And I certainly wouldn't consider any topic that I posted associated with Noble Ape to be off-topic spam. So, you know, with a simple email, I kind of write at his misconceptions And uh, he responded accordingly, basically saying a wide variety of things, none of which seemed particularly relevant to me, and all of which seemed to be just justifying his behaviour up until this point. I woke up relatively early this morning, even though I hadn't really slept through the night and my back was continuing to hurt, and wrote up basically a three-page response to this fellow, (laughs) indicating that what he was doing was... uh, doing damage basically but it uh, was ignoring you know a historical legacy associated with the community and the notion that he said that he discarded he discards roughly a quarter of all the posts of this mailing list
1: anything that doesn't you know fit to his uh, exactly. reconceptions exactly. about
0: what should be there exactly yeah. and what i find fascinating is i maintain an artificial life mailing and list, and the as community well. puts up with that well this is where it gets interesting so i maintain one as well i never reject anything and moreover the whole notion that I I would, I imagine, get similar posts to what he gets. And the whole notion that anything that is posted to these mailing lists would be considered off-topic spam is really very curious to me because most of the time it's a, a quality of, you know, talks. I post, well, I post, I publish stuff through my mailing list associated with art installations that have artificial life components. I mean, the Biota mailing list has a diversity which the artificial life announced mailing list does not have. Anyway, I came to the end of writing my my post and I was ready to hit send when I realised that at the end of his post, he said, Tom, I don't mind you being added as a moderator. And I thought, I've read this. In fact, it was reposted, which was what enabled me to read it. I don't need to respond with all this nonsense. So I just said, thanks, Titus. Please add me. If you're ever in the Bay Area because you live close by in Davis, let's get together. I'd like to meet. <laughs> and I thought to myself that... Um, A lot of my interactions, particularly a majority of my interactions through the artificial life community, have historically had this kind of pushback. And oftentimes it's easy to characterize this kind of pushback as being malicious. But actually, most of the time, it's just unconscious. Yeah. Yeah. And that is a very important distinction, particularly when you frame your response.
1: Remember when I, I, there's those four I keep using, stupid, unconscious, ignorant, and malicious. Yeah. And they're each is really distinguishable, stupid, unconscious, ignorant, and malicious. Uh, they all are independent variables, and it's really helpful to be able to deal to to recognize what you're actually dealing with.
0: The problem with malicious is that there are various degrees of maliciousness. Yeah, like this, the intention uh, to I mean, the intention to cause harm is the nature of maliciousness, or the acknowledgement, or of just causing well, harm. to
1: benefit at your expense, you know, to waste my time. Well,
0: hmm. Well, I guess that, that's it. All hinges on the word harm in these circumstances. Yeah. Well, just like I say,
1: to mm. waste my time, yeah. Uh, to to make you look good,
0: yeah. You know, or yeah. to
1: be clever, you know. Yeah.
0: I don't need that. Yeah, I've always felt cautious to associated with the term malicious, just because I've certainly had cases where people have been malicious, as I can demonstrate to them after the fact. But in their own mind, they don't acknowledge that what they're doing is no, actively but malicious. But that doesn't. doesn't- well, it's not actually malicious.
1: It's it's whatever you know. In your story, it's whatever you label it. Mm. In their story, it's whatever the fuck they label it. Yeah,
0: probably- but I've also had people that have intentionally been malicious.
1: Yes, Marcus- I have been malicious. Have you never been malicious? Ever? Well, I, try, I have historically, but I try okay. to minimize it, and well, I also so I'm, shame I'm, I'm myself through yeah, that. I'm working yeah. on that too, but I mean, we've all been malicious. And the
0: the independent, I mean, the thing that I always find curious is that I I don't think I've ever, I mean, maybe in my misspent youth, I've woken up in a bad mood and just decided to, I don't know take it out on one of my brothers or something like that. Yeah. But in my day-to-day life, I would rarely instigate malicious acts for the sake of instigating did, 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 malicious acts.
1: I think we've talked about, I don't know, but that story about my uncle trying to get me to stop crying. No, I've never heard this story. Okay. It's, it's, it's a quick one. Um, there was a party, again, this is much year later than the original party when I wondered mm. about language. I was maybe eight, mm-hmm. nine years old. I was in my bedroom crying. Mm. Somebody hurt my feelings. I have no idea what it was about. But mm. anyway, I was crying and my, and my uh Uncle Charles came mm-hmm. into the room and sat down and started tickling me. You know, and I could feel myself start to laugh, you know, Mm. but, but I I sort of like part of me said, no, (laughs) goddammit, I am not going to give in. I am hurt. They, those, those bad people, you know, and I am not going to start laughing. And he kept, kept at it. And I, and I kept struggling against him, but I won. He finally gave up and left. (laughs) So I got to stay there and cry.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I won. Yeah. <laughs> now we have a cat like that who really? will, who will start growling just randomly, and then you keep stroking it, and sometimes it forgets and starts purring, <laughs> but sometimes it'll just be like, "No, I'm growling, damn it! You're not going to stroke the growl out of me." Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So I'm well aware of that. But I that's think- a, that's an appalling situation, though, when you look at that. I mean, it, it's appalling to me. You know, that I think our lives are constructed that way. Hmm. Our attitude, every, I mean, everything, you know, I mean, yeah, if, you know, if you get an idea in your head and if you want to commit to it, you can sure as hell do that. Hmm. <laughs> and you will reap all the benefits of having
0: done so. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, the ability to take a step back, the ability to, I, I guess it's associated with your own relationship to any given number of stories and i think well having multiple stories available mm. is very helpful yes but also i i was i was given this feedback by one of our listeners rich murphy that the ability to give thanks for just mm. being yeah yes. the ability to realize actually one should be very thankful for these situations yes yeah. Is something praise Bob. and also to do this at times of stress and times where normal yeah. people might, you know, veer into potentially malicious behavior. That is exactly the point where one needs to actually say, "It's damn amazing that I'm here." Ah, yeah. Well, it's just a
1: miracle, man. Yeah. It's it's a mystery. It's yeah. all of that stuff. You yeah. know, is is the, there is no uh, no understanding it. Yeah. God, it's great.
0: So I am out of my preordained topics here. I'm also quite sleep deprived, which means we could either get into great hilarity or great <laughs> argument very easily. So I don't know what way I you would defy to- you to get me in, in an argument. Oh. <laughs> no, there are a few hot button topics that I d- I've decided periodically not to delve oh, into. Oh well, now's the time to bring it no, up. I'm yeah, not going to. I'm not going to be- bring up those topics. One thing I will say about Show 100, which is captured on the uh, video, is Dave Falkenberg, who is an occasional listener to Stone going through my library per- uh, periodically through his appearance on Hour Radio. He was particularly concerned that I have three shelves of books that are completely alphabetized, organized, associated with periods of history. And then I have half a dozen shelves that are completely chaotic. Ah, and perfect. He, he found yes. this particularly concerning because he, was, <laughs> he, was gravi- he gravitated to the chaotic shelves, yeah. even though he claimed to have an interest in the organized shelves. The organized shelves did not take any of his attention, and his attention went purely yeah. to the chaotic shelves. Interesting. Interesting, yeah.
1: Well, so you have what? That's roughly half and half. You got one. No, no,
0: no. About a th- probably a quarter of my shelves are unchaotic. The remainder are chaotic. Okay, and
1: by chaotic, you mean chaotic to other people's eyes, or chaotic? Not even chaotic to time. me. I
0: mean, for example, look. so here, you don't worry about where you put them back. Let me tell you what I have here. I have. Uh, Walt Disney's Railroads, uh, The Hobbit, a variety of Ian Livingston books who was an early fantasy author, Hitler's uh, Military Commanders, Hume's Inquiries, The Spirit of the Internet, which is Lorenzo Haggerty's book. Uh, a brief introduction to jazz, various books associated with uh, small alarms, it. I got the it. mammals I got of it. Southeast Asia. Yeah, it's it. all chaotic. Okay,
1: yeah. And <laughs> Yeah, and who cares? Yeah, Why we, Yeah. that would be endlessly frustrating to try to organize that anyway. Well, that would be what, silly. <laughs> what it showed was his particular... The funny thing is You, you organize them. them by color.
0: Well, you can organize them by... I mean, my plan is, over a long period of time, to whittle my books down to the point where they're pretty well organized yeah, by... Yeah, yes, yeah. I'm getting deja vu on this conversation. I think we've had this conversation in the early tens of our recording somehow, and I'm going to have to work out. Yes, we've had some discussion associated with how chaos excites certain people Mm -hmm. to a point of embarrassment. Anyway, he he pulled off a book associated with building boats, building small boats, and kind of flipped through it, and then he found a model rail-related book, but it it did reaffirm that my life as a bibliophile still has some importance, <laughs> even in a dwindling. And <laughs> you set of can books. share it. No, yes, you... exactly.
1: Well, exactly. I share my bibliography on my Certainly. website, and uh, and and I've gotten many thanks for that. You know, That's, yes,
0: it's great. In fact, yeah. a few folk who came from the salon went through your bibliography to try and find. The book. The book, yeah. And they were not probably
1: able to figure out just mm, what it was from looking at that. Exactly. And I think- It's uh, probably one of the ones with a, with two stars probably. Yes, yes. Or maybe not. Actually, I don't think it does. I don't think I- because I never recommend that book. Mm. You know, it, it worked for me that day, but- uh, Yes. I, yes. I, well, you I, have,
0: I mean, historically, when we've talked about it, you've actually said, I don't recommend this book.
1: Yeah, well, I wouldn't not recommend it. I don't mm. recommend it, but I don't not recommend it. Yes. Either. You know, it's just you're on your own on that one. I yes. would recommend Psychotherapy East and West and the book. Mm. Those two I recommend. You should read those.
0: Mm. So a project that I've talked about periodically and actually a function of finishing model Rail Radio Show 100 is that I have one of these drop cams left over. And... My wife went away just before Model Rail Radio Show 100 and through her going away and coming back, she broke a suitcase. So I put the suitcase outside with the trash with the view that it would take a certain amount of time to be removed. There is a constant of the universe associated with this part of the world, which means it is about an hour and a half after you put <laughs> yeah. out an item. Yeah, that if it's got did. any
1: value at all to yeah. anybody under yeah. any circumstances, they will take it. Yeah, no, That's good. It's recycling it's in, a- it's, in its purest no, form. In mean,
0: its purest form, I, I don't disagree. The thing that yeah. interests me associated in particular with our recycling trash is the number of people that go through it every time the trash goes out. I counted. Is it recognizable? I mean, the same people. No, no, no. Although the way in which they approach the trash can be broadly grouped. (laughs) You've got a study going on. This is where it interests me. Really? Yeah. Three separate classifications. You need another camera. Well, this is the thing. I have one camera now. I've got an extra camera now. My thought was to attach one of these uh, USB battery packs and actually put it closer to the trash. Yeah, on the tree outside. Yes.
1: Somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. The three stuck, times, and maybe get your PhD, <laughs> or become a YouTube celebrity associated with <laughs> there, homeless go. people stealing your trash. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and then get <laughs> this into is porn.
1: World order is, is this is yeah. called this is the way we recycle. Yes, yeah.
0: actually, one punchline I missed is this custom grow four twenty guy has a kind of he he looks like he's in pornography, and when he posted a <laughs> video, someone without skipping a beat says. Do you think you'll get into porn like Hayley, question mark, which had immediately, like, 150 likes very rapidly? I'm yet to interview, and this is coming up probably in February. Uh What's the fellow's name? Joe Hanson. And I don't know what direction it will go, because he has a propensity to just get stupid very quickly. Who's but Joe Hanson? Joe Hanson is a fellow, again, who has this golden number. I think he probably has more than 150,000 folks subscribed to his videos. But his Are they able to make money with this? Well, this is what's interesting. So in, in Haley's announcement associated with doing porn, she said she made about $150 a month through YouTube, which reflects accurately my experience with YouTube advertising and my videos that get, you know, 20000 Views in a short period of time Which I've only had one And I have another video that has about 150,000 views That I get a check for about I don't know, every 10 months or something Associated with that So yeah, my perspective is actually A lot of the money that these YouTube people Make through videos, aside from doing them daily Is also through the YouTube affiliate program And my suspicion is Because these things are channels Designed for 18 years and older, folks even though a majority of the posters are 13 to 17. Probably Um, These are, uh, you know, channels that unfortunately don't make the sponsorship money that, you know, some guy reviewing films makes. But the interesting (laughs) thing with Joe Hanson is that he has gone through periods of time where he has worked as a YouTube writer, where he actually writes shtick for these YouTube celebrities, as well as trying to maintain his own Really? And he was getting paid for that. That's the hypothesis. I mean, I'm going to talk to the guy who knows. Well, I mean,
1: what there are feels. comedy writers and TV, so I guess well, you there get are comedy, comedy writers yeah. on
0: YouTube, and these yeah. these folk that have. And here I'm talking about tens of millions of <laughs> who subscribers.
1: Would have thought that it would have come to this.
0: Yeah.
1: That YouTube ranters now have their own
0: script writers. Well, yeah. I mean, how can you be so original, <laughs> so frequently? Yeah. It's interesting, actually, because I was watching. I was watching YouTube, funnily enough. And I was marketed a thing associated with the uh, Comedy Central show South Park. Apparently there's this YouTuber called PewDiePie who has a really annoying intro, very similar actually to Custom Grow 420. And um, he apparently is the biggest YouTuber of all time. He has like 100 million subscribers. And he's been able to create that in less than a year, apparently, doing video reviews of video games which has always been a curious market as far as I'm concerned, wow. but it accounts for something. Uh, yeah. So he's some obnoxious Swedish guy who lives in LA, who's in, I guess, his mid-twenties, relatively unassuming, aside from this kind of strange infantilism kind of stuff that he does. And yeah, apparently he's the biggest YouTuber of all time. I've watched probably two of his videos just to understand who he was and realize that yeah. he wasn't my demographic in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Although what's very interesting is through Vice and various other you know, things that I'd subscribe to. I'm still a subscriber to Memria, or Memriai, which is um, a Middle Eastern translation service that translates various jihadists talking on, you know, Jordanian television Mm. and all this kind of stuff, which is remotely interesting periodically. But, um, yeah, unfortunately my relationship with Vice has kind of dropped off recently. A lot of their better journalism has been lost in these long segmented you know, news program things, which just seem to be a bit too heavy-handed for my liking. Um, So, yeah, my YouTube has returned to relative pap, although, you know, I have, having gotten the card and, you know, I don't even know how one would describe it, I do have some interest in people that have done long-term cannabis cultivation. And the Landrace guys, although they're strangely obnoxious... I, uh, the fellows who, what are they called? Strain hunters. They also have a series of review videos of various strains that they've cultivated, which I find interesting in in purely because they have no genetic discussion. That's like, Oh, we got, um, I can't even think of a name of them when one was haze and one was I guess sour diesel. We have sour diesel haze. Now we just crossed it together. There's no notion of actually what happens over, you know, generations of these plants but, um, yeah, it is, you know, I watch some of those things curios- curiously. I was in Jose Cervantes, again, ex High Times people who were never particularly inspiring in High Times, now even less inspiring on YouTube, kind of reviewing their channels. Yeah, there's a substantial niche there that could be done, um, but mm. I'm not particularly interested.
1: See, I, in. I, I, the only YouTube I get is basically from people like you on, you know, on, on Facebook. Certainly. Who- who uh, do post something that they find is interesting? Yeah. I really enjoyed those uh, Vice things that you were yeah unfortunately putting up. I don't those do were that stuff really interesting. Yeah, I actually I had um. Well, they're very personal, I guess. Yeah. Are they are they getting away from that somehow? Yeah, and-
0: they're just not covered. I had an Uber driver who had recently migrated here. He came over with the last um, visa lottery program, and he was from the Ukraine. And I talked to him and realized halfway through our conversation that he'd spent a majority of his life in Russia. And I'm not really... I mean, I don't think I'm particularly pro either side. I just think the whole the whole thing is kind of a bit strange. I mean, I'm certainly... Brain-damaged yeah. language monkeys.
1: <laughs> it's so simple.
0: Amen. <laughs> oh, I can't argue. Um,
1: <laughs> well, I mean, you could spend a lot of time analyzing it. You know, it's just all the specifics of why, but it really gets down to brain-damaged language monkeys.
0: Mm, yeah, I think this. Yeah, I, I mean, I've always liked subfilamate these components in particular well, associated with militarism because I've always thought that yeah. you've got to understand this thing that's probably going to end up killing at least you or I, or yeah. probably both of us. So you know, I mean, my perspective has always been: let's at least educate ourselves. What was particularly curious about Little Row Radio Show 100 was that I was able to talk. More with the kind of right wing libertarian folk associated with building, you know, 80% firearms and all this other kinds of stuff. I mean, in, in my breadth of knowledge, um, it's actually quite remarkable how much I could talk with folks who, you know, well, are you part just of have the to militarism be, well, space, you just
1: have to just be very clever careful choosing use, your topics. Certainly. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's all. Yeah. yeah. Yes, confuse them. Confuse them with your knowledge. That's always a good step.
1: That's uh, yeah. Well, see, I just prefer not to engage. Well, this is this people. is the interesting thing.
0: <laughs> so, I've made a I've made a conscious decision, funnily enough, to cut conscious in the cloud after this talk. And at the end of the talk, I'm going to give some rationale associated with why I'm ceasing the talks. Part because of
1: all you fucking brain-damaged language monkeys out there aren't worthy of my time. Well,
0: one <laughs> could go in that direction. <laughs> the direction I'm going to prefer to go in is just associated uh, with the drop in numbers and the fact that people listen to this in podcasts. I yeah. am going to resume my discussions with Liz Swarm next week, which I'm looking forward to doing, uh, in large part because Model Rail Radio, I knew was going to take my time and energy, plus, you know, it gives her an opportunity to... Uh, do whatever she needs to do over the holiday season, and then we can kind of reconvene. Um, So, yes, I will be resuming that with Liz next week, and I think certainly in my discussion with uh, Bruce Dahmer's wife, Galen, I pointed out that I hope to utilise Liz as much as possible in framing at least where, you know, my own perspective associated with this artificial life thing should be going. In large part, just talking to a new group of listeners of the Biotic Conversations podcast, uh, who appear to have come to it afresh, The loss of information is really, I mean, it's something we've talked about periodically, but it's something that really concerns me that the granularity and grit that one has through various experiences is difficult to really convey in books or even an audio form. And the ability to actually have had these experiences and gives you a kind of implicit Connection, which is very difficult to write down and translate. I mean, what so, kinds of experiences are you For talking? example, so our friend Titus Brown, who rejected the Noble Ape, Conscious in the Cloud talk, clearly didn't have much of an understanding of what Noble Ape was, clearly didn't have much of an understanding associated with Aspects of outreach into industry. In fact, his experiences were very limited and related primarily um, to the work that has gone on at MSU, which, as I pointed out, when I was at MSU. And this is actually an interesting point. I went to MSU. I was thinking about this over the week. I went to MSU with the view that I could potentially collaborate with some of the people there, and that, you know, I could work with some of the academics, and there are a number of interesting academics, and I've released audio accordingly. In contrast to this, the only correspondence that I got from folks at MSU were from graduate students that wanted to leave MSU and work in industry, and a number of them have left and are now working in industry. I guess, in returning to my original point, the experiences that one has that change the way one perceives certain things, in particular that gives us greater respect for certain topics, and also enables one to know that one really doesn't know Anything within this space to a certain level, and probably one should keep one's ears open and one's mouth sharp in certain circumstances. <laughs> I mean, all this kind of am still is, learning that. Yeah, one. <laughs> all this kind of knowledge is relatively difficult to convey to a twenty-year-old.
1: Well, and, it has been. Yeah. I'm hope I I think it's. I don't think it's going to be so difficult in the next decade or two. Mm. I think the, it's becoming more apparent, even to them, that uh, the world is undergoing some heavy shit here, and that their parents telling them everything's okay and just stay in school and you know and, and you can have TV dinner by the pool.
0: <laughs> but there's another narrative which I'm sure you're a little bit appreciative because you occasionally do delve into this kind of you know, if militarism wasn't with guns, it would be okay kind of thing. No,
1: it's not militarism.
0: Anyway, That's, moving I mean, should, on from... it's no, anyway. called
1: hierarchical order. Anyway,
0: moving on from this... Well, no, you've
1: topic. got the hang-up about...
0: Now, let, me, let me talk about Jews this without... Okay. about like, Okay, okay. Uh, this is a topic that I should <laughs> never raise ever again. Let me just say... No, I'm training you. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> let me just say that there is certainly a generation of which my grandfather, my paternal grandfather at least, was a part of... The thought that we should all be conscripted and have military service and that what my generation lacked was good military training that basically everyone (laughs) should be instilled with. Yeah. And my concern with regards to my perceptions of these 20-year-olds who are coming to this is that I might be a little bit like my grandfather. that Because he had military service and it was the best time in his life and he went and was bombed by Americans Mm. and all this Mm. other good stuff that you only get in the military... That God damn it, these kids should be in the military too, so they could have exactly the same experience. Well, and, today,
1: you know. the military isn't the answer. They need to be in a Zen monastery.
0: Well, this is where it gets very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm catching myself in the line that maybe my experiences should be documented as best I can with the view that if someone gets something out of it in the future, even if they take it in a completely crazy direction, you know... At least something might happen through that as opposed to me prescribing exactly the procedures along the line that would get them there. So really, I guess my, my view is changing associated with how I provide these things and maybe I should be less obsessed with granularity and, you know, more obsessed with actually, uh, Getting ideas out. Fold. yes. <laughs> yes. To this end, our listener and frequent reposter of Stone Apes, and I have to say a personal thank you out to Bob Mottram for this, because he frequently posts Stone Apes having listened, or at least I believe he does, having listened to only a few minutes of them, which always is a risk. Uh, anyway, Bob Mottram <laughs> yeah. and I had a brief interchange through the week associated with If Noble Ape Was uh, Like a Mirror Dropped on the Ground, And if various components of Noble 8 could be taken off and used for other things, which components should be cut apart and which Mm. components should be divided off with the view that, for example, complex environmental systems, you know, there are a few modeling programs for that, but Noble 8 gives you a lot of stuff for free, including biology and weather and water and tides and all that other good stuff. And um, he created a list which included both things that were contained in NoBLE currently and things that he hoped would be contained in NoBLE in the future, which I yeah. was very receptive to. He has had some success actually with creating independent machine learning libraries and things like that that are then.
1: You are so
0: lucky to have somebody like him show up for you.
1: That's that's awesome.
0: Yes. Yeah. No. I'm, look, I'm very thankful for Bob Mottram, and I, I've, in the process, aside from I think sending him books periodically. I purchased him a computer at some period, and that was really the beginning of the end, because he then swiftly got a job and <laughs> disappeared from the development of no life However, I do feel... Um, no, but he's still fulfilled. there. He's doing his thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah you yeah. enabled him yeah. to do it. Yeah. And he'll serve us far. however he does. No, I
0: wouldn't go that far. I don't think I enabled anything. He very respectfully took something and ran with it in a completely different direction. I think I it is I oh, did who you give it to him it? did
1: you yeah, okay. You didn't give it to him with some provisions no, that he not. only used it for no, of course <laughs> for not. Noble Life. No, so no. yeah, so he took it and
0: ran with yes. it. Cool. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he he had something really primitive before that. Well, he had a collection of really primitive things. He did have a slightly more modern computer, but I thought, really, this is just offensive. And also, I mean, through this period of time, as I've narrated previously, and Bob has periodically posted through the Stone Ape Facebook group, he was a party to, although in no way as draconian as uh, what exists in this country, still some pretty crazy shit that was going on in the UK with regards to unemployed people, you know, being used in, you know camp labour situations, um, which, you know, compared to the circumstances in this country, actually seems like a bright walk in the park, but still was particularly curious in the UK. Anyway, so, yeah, I guess my views associated with uh, what one should be doing through... And the funny thing is, uh, as I'm coming to this view, I'm also having to engage with folks that have been very comfortable with their own stories associated with what artificial life is. Thank you very much. And, you know, somehow maybe potentially interacting with them and potentially perturbing them, although...
1: Well, that's that's something to take into consideration. Again, you have to seduce them. You have to uh, introduce little anomalies that uh, intrigue them at yeah. first before they understand how threatening it really is. Yeah.
0: Well, well to, to, to use your metaphor, I'm the big sweaty fat chick, and I don't know whether <laughs> I can seduce them. But let's move no, it's on your to your perception. It's, oh, it's yes. Words. Yes, I have a sweet well, voice. Yeah, I'm a phone sex operator. in this circumstances And with that in mind, I am, I am really very soon to be done here, and I'm sorry I'm completely reneged on any commitment to recording, but we have recorded about an hour and a half so that's far. That's fine.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to um, complain. Very good. All right, we'll talk um, next week, I well, guess. Huh? I think
0: we should encourage some of our new listeners, firstly, to post on the Stone Ape Facebook group, but also potentially to contact you if they have outstanding questions. Are yeah,
1: you- or even if you have just ordinary yeah. questions. Yeah. Yeah, because absolutely. I think certainly... But outstanding questions would be preferred. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, what we've offered them here a is 100-plus uh, audio recordings in the Stone 8 feed, plus about 800, or what is it, 860 or something like that, audio recordings in your feed? I don't know. Something- S- some obscene number, and they haven't even started on the journal. So, folks, you're here for the long haul if you're interested in looking into the stuff. Um, but... Um, you
1: know, Well I, maybe they're not They may listen to this and decide that that was a mistake Yeah well we'll
0: see them through the <laughs> unsubscriptions As we frequently do from the Facebook group I actually wanted to give a shout out here To our female listeners None of whom have contacted me since my last request For any female listeners to get in contact um, I was so, mindful It's okay girls because he is
1: married yes. So it, he's safe Well, or maybe that makes me completely Oh, actually, no, you're right. That's right. Never mind. What the hell do I know? Yeah, you're right.
0: You're right. Never mind. Anyway, Aaron, it's been a pleasure as always. Hopefully I'll be better rested and without back pain and stuff when we talk next week. But look forward to it. Yeah, good luck. Talk to you soon. Take care. Good night. See ya.